What's good, y'all? Welcome to In the Deep, a deep league-focused fantasy baseball podcast, part of the Pitcher List Podcast Network. My name is Jordan White, and I am joined here once again by my good friend and co-host, Christopher Schwebzy Weber. Schwebzy, how are you doing, buddy? Hi, friends. I am good. Um, I, I have hoarded all of my uh my time off at work so i i work like two days in december so i am trying to reach levels of unproductive uh, unproductivity unseen in my life in years this month honestly it's gonna be fantastic honestly, i can't wait it's gonna be great you're gonna get to relax pretty much the entire month of december it feels like and just play i'm gonna tons learn of video games i assume <laughs> i'm gonna learn zero new skills i'm not gonna read any books it's gonna be awesome i mean you're gonna learn some new skills real life applicable skills none whatsoever it's all going to be like learning new gods and smite and things like that and playing all of our fun games that we always like to play uh but i mean my wife is going to hate it so much please at least spend some time with your wife are you, are you going to set aside like one day out of that two weeks of pto uh, she gets like uh, like an hour we'll watch hawkeye or something ah uh, yes you get to you're, you're gonna watch a marvel show which you mostly want to watch anyways <laughs> in the presence of your wife and that's going to be your quote-unquote quality time oh for uh, the record she loves she loves marvel stuff her favorite marvel thing is into the spider-verse which is a really good choice it's not part of the mcu though ah. no, no, it actually is probably the best spider-man property out actually there. actually um it's you yeah, know I, I think that's probably the best spider-man piece like a piece of spider-man media that has come out over the past like 10 years i'd say i'm hoping that no way home can challenge it same fun fact i i am going i am going to be hitting up new york city with a, a couple of our pitcher list colleagues to see no way home uh later on this month i'm going to be seeing no way home with nicholas peter pollock nicholas peter pollock at pitcher list of at pitcher list and pitcher list.com otherwise known as daddy nick because we previously <laughs> called him on this podcast much Which to his dismay he loves when we call he, him that everyone, everyone if you could just if you could refer to nick as daddy nick whenever you ask him a question on twitter i'm sure he would love it let's get the the, the hashtag daddy nick hashtag, uh, trending on twitter <laughs> hashtag daddy nick um anyways yes uh i guess we should maybe start getting to actual orders of business business at this point um this is mostly going to be a mailbag episode, which is kind of surprising. It was nice. We got more questions into our uh, email and Google form than we, I think, expected to over the past couple of weeks, which is really, really nice. So um, more than ever. Yeah. Uh, for those that are wondering what the mailbag is and everything like that, we have a Google form and an email address that you can send stuff to. It is in our pinned tweet on our Twitter page. That Twitter page is at in the deep PL. Uh, you can submit questions there as well. And you can also submit them to us on our individual Twitter accounts. So for me, it's going to be bunt singles. And then for Schwebzy, it's going to be his namesake Schwebzy. That's S H W E B S I. But yes, go to our in the deep PL Twitter page and check in our pin tweet there there's plenty of ways to get a hold of us ask your questions and that's mostly what is going going to be happening today so um we will start though with there's been a lot that's happened since our last episode obviously we had thanksgiving meals that were plentiful and everything like that but then the obviously bigger story is the fact that the lockout was voted on and confirmed by the owners of every mlb team Ew. Gross. We don't like this. There's for for 
the foreseeable future, there's not going to be a whole lot going on for us to talk about in terms of like new stuff happening. There's not going to be off-season signings or trades occurring that are going to be too interesting uh, by any capacity. Um, for me, I know enough about what the lockout is and what it means for the off-season. But if you want like a really, really quick and like concise, good breakdown, uh, Pitcher List's own Sarah Griffin, also the host of the Saturdays and Seltzers pod with uh, Kendra Middleton. Uh, did a really, really concise, awesome recap on Twitter, and I will be sure to link that in the episode notes so that way you can check that out. We'll also probably retweet it from our uh, show page as well. Um, but basically, like the long story short here is that the decision to immediately lock out players is not really doing anything except acting as a negotiation tactic by the owners. Like nothing was keeping them from continuing to negotiate a new CBA. If they didn't lock the doors, right? They're they're acting as if the players have forced their hand, which yes. is incredibly not the case. It's incredibly disingenuous and like that. That's really most of what it is. It, it like in summary, basically, like kind of my stance, and I think is probably Schwebzy's stance too. Is let's not carry water for billionaire owners of sports teams who try to claim that they have no power and that the players are being divas about all of this. Oh, speak for yourself. Now, now that we have Steve Cohen around throwing around <sighs> all of his money to, to improve the Mets roster, I'm, I'm team owner now. I, I will, I will shill for the billionaires. This is, this is, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The billionaires suck. This is, where the, this is where the podcast falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, why won't the players just let themselves continue to be taken advantage of? I don't get it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Who knows? Um, God. Yeah, I mean, I could sit here and complain about this for a while, but that's not what you're here to listen to. We're going to go to some of these mailbag questions that we actually got in. Thank you to everyone that submitted them. We're not going to be able to get to all of them today, probably. Um, but this first one here we're going to start with is actually from our good friend Buster, Buster Cat on Discord. Uh how does the signing of Javi Baez affect the keeper and dynasty value and ETAs of Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green? And Shrubs and I were kind of talking about this before we recorded and like not really a whole lot. If if anything, it might help. So like it when when teams decide to like promote or not promote players these days. It, I would say that more than team performance, it's tied to the service time clocks, which could like the whole way that that works could change for next year. So it's hard to answer this question. I think Torque and Green are both ready. They both smoked every layer every like uh, league in the minors last year. Like Tor- Torque didn't have an, an uh, WRC plus below like 125 across three levels last year. I couldn't think of the word levels. I wanted to call them layers, you know, the triple A layer. But uh, yeah, I it also could, you know, have to it, it could hinge on whether they do well in spring training or not, because they both appear ready. So if they have a good spring training, then it's going to look really bad publicly if they don't you know, get, make the major league roster on opening day. Yeah. I mean, both of them, I think had expected ETA expected ETAs. Oh God, redundant. Sorry. Um, had ETAs of 2022. As far as I'm aware, they were both expected to be up in 2022. I don't think that's going to change. I think that Javi Baez getting added to the roster, obviously not blocking them at either of their positions, respectively, that's not going to be a huge impact in that regard. And 
if he is making the team enough better that they're going to be competitive in the AL Central, then I don't see any reason why they wouldn't want to get those two up as fast as possible if they're going to be able to contribute. I also I don't really think the Tigers have a history of service time manipulation. I can't think yeah, of any. Well, I mean, but yeah, also, I don't have enough reference. They also for this. haven't had a major hitting prospect recently. Uh, Akil Badu was there all year. Well, Akil Badu was Rule Five, wasn't he? Akil Badu was a Rule Five pick. He he got picked up by them literally right before the twenty twenty season. All right, so Sorry, he 2021 had to play. season. Yeah, uh, but the Tigers do like when they go for it, they go for it in recent history. So maybe the Javi Baez signing you know, does incentivize them to bring the guys up sooner, the young guys, but I think it's going to probably hinge on spring training performance. If they smoke spring training pitching, I, I can absolutely see them in the majors on opening day. I, again, with the caveat that we have no idea what the CBA is going to bring. Yeah. There's so much to be decided yet here in the off season. I mean, we'll find out. Uh, but again, I don't think it's going to affect it that much. And if it does, it's, I think, like I said, probably, I feel like it's going to be in a positive light, not so much like, a negative light so uh that'll be good all right let's go to another one here we have one from at bing bong dinger on twitter otherwise known as zaddy guerrero jr shout out um who are the discount brand versions of these players so we're looking like for, for like the aldi or kirkland signature brand of each of these following players we've got starling Marte, pete alonzo and sandy alcantara so we have Marte being like an average stolen base person Alonzo being a home runs RBI person, and then Alcantara being an innings pitched and ratios type person. And so we we like this question a lot. So we actually expanded things a little bit to uh, include another couple of players that we want to search for the discount versions of. (sighs) And uh, the the way we attack these questions is we kind of looked at these guys as archetypes, like you said, like so, like the Starling Marte, the average and stolen base archetype, the power archetype. uh, Alcantara is more ratios focused we looked also at uh chris sale uh strikeout focused pitchers and also kyle tucker looking for discounted five tool player types so yeah uh Marte was the most difficult one i think well, we started with him yeah i mean that's because stolen bases are just so hard to come by especially in bulk like he did like he did get 47 stolen bases in the 120 games or something like that yeah, it was like, ridiculous. Uh, and, you know, I, I think I think uh, we, we keep saying Starling Marte, but uh, what we really mean is current New York Met Starling Marte. Shrubsy. I mean, OK, I, I can't get mad. Not that I, that's relevant to anyone, either one about, of us. I can't get upset about that at all because I am colossally just always a homer in every capacity. So I cannot blame you for that. Um, That is true, though. Congratulations, by the way. Just like quick sidebar. Congrats on the Mets actually making like good moves that scherzer can't wait to see how we can't wait to see how we blow this now nah, i mean i i have faith that they're gonna have like an actually halfway decent season especially i mean if granderson becomes the manager or like people are rumoring i don't know if it's gonna happen uh, but that was uh that was revealed to have just been an internal discussion and something that is unlikely to happen which is a bummer because grandy is such a delightful person uh that it would i would be psyched to see him get uh, a, a front-facing job with a team uh true story uh the 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 guy who runs all of the sports leagues that i participate in on staten island yes. uh is uh d- did a lot of like uh charity work 
uh, surrounding Sandy when Sandy ravaged Staten Island. And uh, you're not talking about Curtis Alderson, Anderson. right? You're not talking about Alderson, correct? No, no, no. Grand, no, no, no. No, you said you said Sandy ravaged things, so I was like, oh, it's Alderson. Oh no, no, Sandy. Uh, D- differing levels of devastation yes. there uh equally scarring to my life but uh yeah no the hurricane uh ruined staten island for a bit and uh granderson was a big presence uh in the you know the charity worker uh, uh in the aftermath of that so kind of near and dear to my heart and staten island's heart that's rad i like that a lot um would have been cool if it actually had happened um i'm just wondering who they actually will end up bringing in i really don't i re- i hope it's not show walter for your sake. Oh God, me too. It's like a lot more of the same, but anyways, um, so yes, we were talking about Starling Marte now met Starling Marte and right. what the Kirkland signature brand version of him would be, uh, the first person that came up to my mind was Miles straw. Who's being taken like over 110 picks later. Um, straw. We, we kind of know what he is. He's not going to be a power guy by any means. He hits for a decent average. He had 271 this past year and he had 30 stolen bases. And I think like, kind of the most attractive thing about miles straw is that i looked at his player page and there's almost no il stints on there if any that i could find he played 158 games this past year i think yep just consistency availability is one of the more underrated uh traits a player can have exactly it's especially with stolen bases it's nice to just slot someone in know you're gonna get your stats out of them and then just forget about that spot for the year they're not gonna destroy your average or obp and that's the thing too he's got a really high walk rate as well yes yeah uh there was a fun stat going around the other day oh god I'm, i'm i'm talking about something that i don't have in front of me which always goes super well but miles straw was one of like three guys fitting this really strict parameter of uh O swing and also like contact rate or something like that but uh no one guessed it in the pitcherless discord uh trivia channel because like no one really realized just how good miles straw's plate discipline was but uh you mentioned that straw was like 110 picks after Marte, and that was kind of the criteria that we used for this discussion uh we wanted to go at least 100 picks later or roughly 100 picks later or more and uh you know, in, in, in the deep fashion, we also tried to go with some deeper cuts as well. Yeah, the next one that we actually went with here was, uh, I get a chance to be a homer now. This is nice. Yeah. Uh, I actually pointed this one out. You did. Well, you were going, you, you were further down the list than I I would have found this eventually, I think. <laughs> um, and I had him on a few teams last year, and actually it's uh, Lorenzo Cain. Um, so he's buried down at, he's an average pick of 396. So this is deep, deep, deep. Um, mm-hmm. and he only had 286 plate appearances in 2021. He was injured a bunch again. Um, but in that time he did steal 13 bases. So the speed is still there when he is healthy and he's willing to run on folks. It's just a matter of if he's going to be out on the field or not. Um, the health is the massive concern here. Unlike Miles straw, it's like the exact opposite higher risk. Um, but if he does avoid the injury bug and he can put up, I don't know, like 450, 500 plate appearances throughout a full season. Um, I think there's a chance that he ends up putting up 20 plus stolen bases in it. Pick 396. You're there's almost no one else down there that you're going to find that's going to put up that sort of productivity on the base paths. 
Yeah, I mean, stolen bases are at such a premium in the sport in general, the the the, the game, the game of fantasy baseball, that when you're looking at stolen bases past pick like 200, everything gets full of caveats. So there's a lot of guys down here who, you know, could get you that batting average stolen base combo, but it's going to require some doing for them. It's going to require some kind of development or or advancement in their skills. Like Andres Jimenez, you uh, if you were a longtime listener, you know that I loved Andres Jimenez coming into last yes. year and then he wound up l- losing that job. But the infield in Cleveland is still kind of a mess. So there's still opportunity there for Jimenez to do what he did in the COVID shortened season and put up a bunch of steals and he hit for a pretty decent batting average in 2000 also. And then you've got guys who strike out way too much, don't walk enough, like your Leote Taveras is of the world, your Jorge Mateos, your Nick Gordons. Nick Gordon was awesome in September of this yes, year. Was. Yeah, I mean, we re- we recommended now, him to pick him up in the middle yep, of that stretch. Yep, so several times. Yeah. Uh, the Minnesota infield is crowded as ever. But if Nick Gordon gets some run, if Jorge, like uh, Jorge Mateos in Boston, uh, sorry, Baltimore still, right? I think so. And, and to like all of these guys, there's so many questions around them, but if any of them were to get regular playing time, there are people that you would need to immediately consider for stolen bases. As far as the batting average, I wouldn't bank on any of them just because they're, none of their plate skills are great. But uh, I do think that, Andres Jimenez in particular out of that group has the bat to ball skills to at least put up an empty batting average. Uh, although he did have that weird stretch in the minors last year where he suddenly started hitting a few dingers. I don't know. Well, uh, again, stolen bases are tough. I, I think that straw is the best bet uh, to, to kind of replicate 90% of Marte. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Kane is a nice sneaky late pick, and the rest of these guys are more of like the speculative variety. I think. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think that for the value, Straw is pretty good because again, he's. I mean, league average batting average was what like two fifty five, two sixty last year. Uh, two fifty five. I, I know it was. It was like two thirty early in the year, and then it just went up as the year yeah. went along. Um. So. This is a guy that's going to be above average in theory, um, above average in batting average. And then also, like, again, I talked about that walk right before he's going to get get on first a ton because of that. He doesn't hit for a ton of power. He's going to hit a lot of singles. So I have very little doubt that he's going to be able to come close to replicating that as long as he can stand up to like what he's done previously and just stay healthy through an entire season. Um, Nice thing about Straws, like he just like he is who he is. You know, he he's not trying to pull the ball for power or anything. He's just, you know, he just not someone that you expect to evolve into something like way crazier and way more like like you said, develop that power. He's going to be like a guy who plays really, really good defense and can burn on the base paths. That's pretty much it. So uh, awesome. All right. So now let's go to the Aldi version of Pete Alonzo. What do we what do we have for Pete here? I know you have quite a few names that you threw down here. Yeah, trying to find home runs is easy, you guys. Make yeah. a note of this. I mean, I, I like I led my league in TGFBI in home runs. I I think I can't remember how many home runs my it was somewhere over it was over 650 home runs I finished the season with, I know. Like And let, let us just uh 
remind ourselves of the embarrassment of my team not being able to find any power all year long last year in TGFBI. Yeah. Don't know how I managed that one. If you put both of our but, teams together, we make one okay team. <laughs> I think is what it comes down to. But might, might have finished top two hundred. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, we we were looking for the bargain bin Pete Alonso. There's not a lot of variety in first base skill sets. So if you're looking for like strictly first baseman going down the ADP list, there's a lot of guys who I feel like can come close to giving you what Alonso would. We were kind of like uh, condensing the like I we, th- this led to like a larger discussion when we were prepping for this with me thinking that P. Alonso actually has some batting average upside, not in the sense that he's going to ever hit 320, but like I think that Pete Alonso could very uh, easily hit like 275, which you don't really see from 40 home run guys too too often. But uh, we we were kind of just looking for power, just straight up, just power. When we were looking down the ADP list at a uh, some cheaper power, so uh, we cheated a little bit with uh, the Framil Reyes call. Uh, I just wanted to call out Framil Reyes because his ADP is stupidly low. If Framil Reyes put up the exact same line as Pete Alonso this year, I like I wouldn't be shocked like one iota. He's got just as much raw power as Alonso. He's got a history of putting up decent batting averages. He's going to play every day in the Guardians lineup. I do not understand why Frambo Reyes is going at pick 132. Is there like is there something I'm missing there? I don't feel that bad about his cuz like you said you can find power at pretty much any point in the draft, right? Right, but this is like this is like this how how many players would you be more willing to bet on 40 home runs? Than Framo Reyes. How many players would I bet on more than 40 home runs above him? Yeah. Like, who's more likely to hit 40 home runs than him? Like, it's, I mean, it, well, well, I, think, I think there's a, a, a decent, I'd say probably like 20 guys in the league that I would sit, like, feel okay, like, saying, I think this person can hit 40 home runs. I think there's a lot of people that have the potential to do it if they run hot enough. Um, and kind of like, like you said, like with Pete Alonso hitting 275 or so, getting lucky. Um, but, I mean, right. Okay, so like right right below Fran Mill, you have Reese Hoskins here. I think I would almost rather have Reese Hoskins than I would Fran Mill Reyes. See, I like I like Reyes a good bit more. Just I feel like the batting average uh, downside is greater with Hoskins. I just think that there's a better offense surrounding Hoskins, so there's other like counting stat upside too. But maybe that's just. I mean, like in a in a, fair, in a vacuum, they're pretty close to me. We do like we we know that the counting stats can be more up to the lineup spot than the team. Yeah, like having a stronger team means there's more counting stats available all the way up and down the lineup. But there's generally pretty good counting stats available to every cleanup hitter. Yeah, unless you've got a truly truly abysmal team. It's true. Um. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, okay, we, but we did kind of cheat. We, with, we digress. We, we, we kind of cheated with Fran Reyes. Same with Reese Hoskins, who's only 90 or so picks after Pete Alonso at 153. Um, the first, like, legitimate option here we have is Joey Votto, who showed like a pretty decent amount of power this past year again. I mean, he, he was, there was people I saw on Twitter, like, back in like May, who were talking about like Joey Votto MVP, saying that he was going to have this amazing but, season, which he was having a very very good season early in the year um i don't feel bad about taking Votto at that point i would feel i'd feel like i feel like a steal to me 
he hit home runs in eight straight games at yep. one point. And I mean, you've I I love when a a major league player is asked like, "Hey, you, you so you've started like you've made this big change. So what did you what did you do?" And the player's just like, "Oh yeah, I just decided to start doing it." Like when Charlie Morton, they're like, "Wow, you're suddenly suddenly you've got like such great stuff." And Charlie Morton's like, "Yeah, I just grip and rip it, man. I just started throwing the ball harder." and vado it's like why you're hitting for power all of a sudden joy vado's like yeah i just started trying to hit home runs it's incredible isn't it i it's ridiculous there's so much like it's very funny but there's so many like sabermetricians and like people who like try to pay very close attention to like swing changes and small little mechanical changes and like we talk about like how there must have been like a conscious effort to do all these different things so i could be better and they're just like i don't know i just i just try to do it good if I were if I were a professional athlete, I would simply try to do my job better. It's just like the it's the meme of the two men sitting on that bus, one in the shadows, the other one in the sunshine, smiling. And it's just the guy saying, uh, say, "Like sabermetricians are like uh, metric followers," and then the other side is just like that boy, nice watchers. <laughs> and it, it's uh, I just tried to hit dingers, watchers. It's so good. I, yeah, I, I, I love how much thought we try to put into all this stuff. And then they're just like, yeah, I just tried to do it. Not bad. <laughs> but uh, so similarly to I, I actually think this is a really close call here. Similar to Reese Hoskins, we've got Adam Duvall. Mm-hmm. Yes, I actually think they're they're they, they're going to wind up putting up similar lines this year. I would bet, you know, playing time caveats. I love Duvall. Everyone knows this. He won me a board bet mm-hmm. this year. Or no, he didn't win me a board bet. I made a prediction on an episode of On the List with Bristow that... A pitcherless podcast. A, a, a pitcherless podcast as well, yes. Uh, that Duval would hit over 35 home runs, I believe. And it hit. And I was very excited about that. He's another guy that could, like, just if he has the right... Like, he hit for a pretty poor average this year, too. Like, if he hits for a slightly higher average, like, there's a chance that maybe he can hit 40. Like... We yeah. really don't like, I don't know. There's so many guys that have that potential in the majors. Power is not hard to come by. Um, Duvall is one of my favorites. So, um, Kirloff, you put down. I like Kirloff a lot at 172. He's more inflated than I expected him to be, though. Yeah, we've I mean, I've been complaining about this already a lot this year where a lot of guys that at the end of the year I would have thought would be sleepers are getting drafted so much higher than I would have expected. Like your Logan Gilberts, your Carlos Hernandez's, your your uh, Kirilov. I'm I'm like shocked at how high some of these players are being drafted. Like Tanner, Tanner, how we're going to talk about a lot of these guys, actually. Uh, but I digress. Alex Kirilov had a decent first year, decent rookie yep. year. The power was a little bit underwhelming. But if you were to take a light, his his X stats. And I know this isn't, you know, X stats are not perfect, but his X slug was like a hundred points higher than what he actually produced. There is more power in his bat than he showed in his rookie year. Like it was, it was his calling card, like his, his bat to ball skills plus his power. Like he was just supposed to be a great, great bat. And at 172, I'm a little bit iffy. Like I don't know if I would draft him here myself. But I do think like we're going to see a lot more power than we did this year. Yeah, the inputs were much better than the output showed. Right, that's yes. generally what he thought, what you saw with him. And 
I mean, a full healthy season will be nice to see with Kirilov. He should get plenty of run, I would assume, in 2022. So um, I know he was something that a lot of us were high on going into last season as well. So my hope is that uh, as time rolls on, because it feels like everyone that's like we've talked about this, too, is that most of the folks that are drafting early are like the ones who are the most plugged in. In almost every case, I think as time rolls along, yeah. and people start like once the season starts getting closer and uh, more people start drafting and everything like that, like those numbers, I think will get diluted. And I think you'll see some of these ADPs dropping and rising in different areas. So, like I need to make a note to myself to like look at the ADPs later, like in the off season compared to now yeah. and see if like my suspicions are true. Yeah, because I feel like there's some people because we talked about it. Everyone is so sharp right now drafting typically. That I think In theory, the quote unquote yeah. people that we think are going to be sleepers um, are pushed up way higher than we expect them to. And I think those ADPs are going to go further down the list as the offseason rolls along. Right. And then we've got two more names here that we want to talk about quick. It's going to be um, Jorge Soler and Michael Conforto. Um, I think I'm leaning more towards liking Soler here over Conforto, even though Conforto is a few spots ahead of Soler and ADP. Schwebzy, do you have a. A preference between either of these two i so it depends on what i'm looking for because i do think conforto is the better all-around bat of the two but yeah i don't always like you don't always know what you're going to get out of conforto from year to year because he tends to change his approach pretty dramatically from year to year and it leads to different profiles from year to year so i'm i want to know where he's going to be and I want to know who his hitting coach is going to be before I decide to take a, a dive into Conforto. Uh, I actually just did on the corner with Nicholas Peter Pollock and talked Conforto up because I think he is going to drastically outperform his draft uh, ADP this year is draft ADP. We, we are all about the redundancy today, but it's all right. Yeah, we both <laughs> get one. We both get one. His draft average draft position. Uh I do think I do think that Conforto is going to be a value. I just don't know if he's going to hit 270 with 25 home runs or if he's going to hit 240 with 35 home runs. Uh, I, I think it's all in play. Uh, as for Soler, big boy hit ball far. We we know exactly. <laughs> big ball hit ball <laughs> over train tracks in Minute Maid. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, he very, he's very good. Yeah, uh, we're we're kind of uh, we're we're. <laughs> Man, it, it's hard to know totally what to make of him because he started off the year so abysmally before turning into an absolute monster just before True. Atlanta traded absolutely nothing to acquire him. I'm not bitter. And then and then he was just so good. <laughs> yeah. But oh, in 2019, man. he was a, a monster. Like, yes, he like I. I I, I'm pretty sure he was the first player in like decades to hit 30 plus home runs in Kaufman. Which is saying something like that's a that, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, between him and it's like, it, it's basically just him and Salvi, correct? That have done something like that. Yeah. In, in recent memory, it, Moustakas might've done it a year before. I'm, I'm struggling to remember, but I know, I know like yeah. Solaire was an absolute monster two out of the last three years. Now we're, we're in, in, close to a Semyon situation except Semyon did it all year mm. long whereas Soler only did it for uh, a couple months at the end of the year but like 
he was every bit the hitter he was in 2019 for the end of the end of the year. So yes, he was. I think he's right in the same boat as Conforto in that he is going to wildly outperform his draft position. And I would not be shocked at all if he, you know, say matched Pete Alonso in home runs and RBIs this year, depending on, uh, you know, where he winds up and what lineup and what his, uh, where he winds up in the batting order. Facts. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I think just if we're talking pure power, I lean Solaire yes. obviously over Conforto. But like you said, if you want someone who's a bit more well-rounded, then Conforto is probably the better pick. Um, okay, right quick. We are going to move to talk about Sandy Alcantara. But first, we're going to take a little break for an ad. Hey, Alex Fast here. And thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show all right, and we are back. Let's talk about Sandy Alcantara real quick here. So let's find our $5 DVD bin at Walmart version of Sandy Alcantara real the, quick. The Archer Farms uh, version of Sandy Alcantara. <laughs> what is Archer that, Farms? That is the Target home brand. Is it oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So uh, I, th- <laughs> I think the easiest call here is recently signed Marcus Stroman right yeah it's got i mean it has to that's probably in my opinion the best comp in terms of someone who's going to give you good ratios and a decent amount of innings um so and yeah he was healthy Stroman's this year ratio, and signing like, with the cubs stroman isn't quite the contact suppressor that alcantara is because the stuff just isn't as nasty but correct with a good defense behind stroman He's going to give you good ratios and he is go. He should match the volume of Alcantara. Like the only question for me is like, are the Cubs going to make like, I I've heard Correa linked to the Cubs lately. And if that happens, I'm incredibly in on Stroman being like basically all like 95% of what Alcantara is going to do. Then you have Nico at second. Nico or Madrigal. Correa at short. Nico at second. Oh, Nico yeah, at yeah. second. Definitely. Uh, I wanted to be. I, I know, me too. Um, who's playing third? Patty Wisdom? At the moment, yes. D- Duffy? Oh, I hope not. I don't know who's playing third there. It's that's that's probably Wisdom to talk about. But, anyways, yeah, probably Patty Wisdom. He's been, he, he hits tanks. I don't know if you saw um, him dancing on Twitter like yesterday, that video that dropped, but he jumped up like so many dra- like so much ADP in my mental rankings. Yes. I, I did that see that. Footwork. It was very, very good. Yeah. He can handle the, the hot corner with footwork I, like that. I, I that was is impressed. for sure. But um, <laughs> I digress again. Uh, I, I think Stroman is going to give you most of what Alcantara will. Uh, you know, there is a difference in 
like nastiness there that maybe Alcantara has another gear that will lead to more strikeouts. But if you're just looking for volume uh, ratios, hopefully some wins, I think Stroman is going to do most of the same stuff. Well, I think the thing with Sandy, though, is like he's going to have a lot of innings pitch because he's a really efficient outgetter. Like he's very good at going deep mm-hmm. into games and keeping his pitch count really low in those outings. Yep. That's something that he does really, really well, just as good as like honestly, like anyone in the league. So, um, again, we are looking for bargain brand versions of these pitchers to a certain extent. That's not true. And also, let's let's state this right now. We're saying that as people who are being drafted later than the pitcher that we're talking about in this case, Sandy Alcantara. Um, we are not saying that these other pitchers are like bad discount versions in real life baseball terms. Just to be clear. Oh yeah. I um, love Archer farms, uh, like trail mix. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's very good. Uh, I I'm still like blown away that, you know, the exact like, in-house name brand version for target look at me do i not look like a frequent target shopper yeah you do you really really do yancey eaton would be proud (laughs) i will say (laughs) but um and then you also have right below stroman uh by the way stroman is at 159 alcantara is at 42 so we're trying to look at pick 142 or later with all of these um beyond stroman we have uh anthony d scalfani who had a really really good year for san francisco this year too um just resigned. So if D Sclafani could um, avoid LA, he would be amazing. Like he basically yeah. against like everybody who wasn't the Dodgers last year, he was like a top 20 starter. And then against LA, like they dragged his season line down so much. Yeah. Will that he repeat true. that? I, mean, I don't that's, know. That's, that, that, hey, you know who else uh, got their season line dragged down by the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers? Who? Aaron. Oh, rip give up that grand slam to trey turner ashes to ashby's in the year uh so anyways when uh, when we're talking ratios we're looking for players that don't walk a lot of guys yep correct good k to base on ball ratio that and then also just like low whip no free passes not giving up a ton of hits so Um, you, you called someone out who i incredibly hate talking about so why don't why don't you yeah, take that i talked to I, someone that honestly saved my tgfbi team and was the best pitcher for me probably after jake Degrom was out for the season and it's adam wainwright like i get that there's this huge just taboo with trying to take these older pitchers and i think that i just through like a debt of gratitude i think i owe it to adam wainwright to try to go to bat for him here uh as a mets fan he was he's, he's not burning adam wainwright yeah, for I know obvious how much reasons you hate this yes i know how much you hate this but it's just like he's not burning anyone at the plate with like 95 mile an hour heat he's he's barely touching 90 at this point but it's just like he was really deploying that curveball in a super effective way he was really really good at not giving up free passes he was doing a good job nibbling and giving up weak contact like he was better than one could expect. And I think that with like the, the thing that really helped him is he's, he's got one of the best defenses in the league behind him. He's, he's going to be able to get outs at an effective rate. So I really actually like Adam Wainwright, especially at pick 173. I'm surprised that he didn't get like a small bump, like 150 ish, not like pushing top 100 by any means. But like he was one of the best pitchers in the league last year. 
by uh, ratios. So, I mean, I'm all do over th- him. Do you think Steven Matz could wind up being in the same category? No. 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 Sinker baller? St. Louis no. defense? No. I don't think. It was good. He was good in so. Toronto. I don't, I, it was I don't another know, year man. removed from the Mets stink. That's actually. Okay. In that case, <laughs> you forgot you may, to account for the swayed. LOL Mets. You you may you may have swayed me with that argument. I will say, um, but yeah, uh, we've got two more names here. I think yeah. So you hated one uh, of these. Down, I called out John Means. I just don't like. Is he actually going to get traded away from the Orioles? That's even, what I need even, to know. Even if he doesn't, he's been good. Do you do you know he's do you know what his, his whip is over the last three years? We're talking ratios, and his whip over the last three years is one point oh seven. Okay, that is very good. You're Along right. with he's uh, it's a career three point eight two ERA in spite of you know being an Oriole, being in Camden Yards mm-hmm. constantly. Yeah, and that is pretty good. East. And there's been talk of him getting traded. If he does, his stock shoots up. If he doesn't, he's still the same old, you know, John Means. True. Not going to get you wins. Facts. I mean, no, he's not going to get you wins. The ERA is going to be like okay to questionable, I feel like. Um, just because, again, he is a Baltimore Oriole right now. But, but I mean, they're, they're, I don't know. I, I, like, I like the other name on the list more than I like. John Ooh, okay. Yeah, Cal Quantrill. Yes. Uh, Cleveland Guardians pitching factory. Yes. Uh, slightly weaker offensive division. Like slightly. The, not by, the not environment by feels like it's getting a lot stronger. The now. environment is worlds better. Yes. Um, and he yes. we he had that stretch this past year. Uh, let's see. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to find a good starting point for to uh to to do this cherry picking. Uh from <laughs> from july 17th onward he put up a 194 era yeah second half of the with year with a basically. 3.82 fip <laughs> and a 4.19 not next ideal. FIP. uh yeah so no not ideal <laughs> but i mean he he was real good and uh you know the ratios were good you know is he one of those guys that outperforms his peripherals or will he come crashing back to earth Time will tell. But even if he does match what his peripherals looked like last year, that's still a pretty decent pitcher. Like a three eight two ERA is not something to sneeze at. It's more of a you know. It's not it's, that bad. At pick two eighteen, right. it's more. It might be more of a Toby that's, than an Ace, but Tobys have value. Yes, they do. Ratio stabilizers. You need that at the back end of your rotation to a certain L plus extent. ratio, so you can take chances. <laughs> um. I think that's it for the what what is it? Uh what, what is the target home brand? The, the again? Sandy Alcantara bargain bin shopping. Yeah. Yes. What what, what is the home brand from Target? The, the Archer though? Farms version of uh Sandy Alcantara. The Arch, there you go. The Archer Farms Sandy Alcantara. Yes. Uh definitely that. So wait, uh, which one of us is saying this wrong? Is it Alcantara or Alcantara? Uh, Alcantara? I feel like I have been saying it wrong Possibly. now. Well, 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 We'll, get, okay. we'll find that out for sure. One sec. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do a timestamp. I just need you to go back and, and edit every time out. you said Alcantara. Uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at it right now. Uh, well, while Jordan, while Jordan's looking that up, uh, the other two things that we want to look at that uh, were, were not suggested to us where we wanted to expand a little bit, we're going to look at f- hopefully late round bargain bin five category producers and then late round strikeout pitchers, which uh, we one of the th- like so something that became really clear as we were researching this is that these things are like incredibly hard to find late in drafts, which makes sense because you know, nowadays fantasy like strikeouts are like gold for fantasy pitchers. And like, it's like, like that's the ideal for a pitcher in like the analytics world. You, you want pitchers that get swings and misses. You want pitchers who get strikeouts. So whenever anyone is trying to find a sleeper these days, one of the first things they're looking at is, you know, whiff rates, strikeout rates. So that p- pushes these guys up ADP rankings and, and you know, uh, analyst rankings. And it makes it just that much harder to find pitchers that strike people out late in drafts. I think we're, we're starting to see the we're, we're starting to see like the years long uh, push for drafting for strikeouts in, in the uh, late rounds of drafts now. Yes, uh, I just found it. It's Alcantara. Alcantara, okay. Alcantara. Alcantara. So we're both wrong, as per usual. Sure yeah, make sure that. Yeah, of course we are. Sorry, Sandy. We apologize. We'll be better from now on. Um, but yes, uh, drafting for strikeouts is something that is not particularly fun to do uh, when you realize that you don't have enough late in a draft. Yeah. So being able to find them uh, in a pinch is really, really good. I, I um, mentioned. Did you want to do five tool players first or did you want yeah, to do sure. the strikeout guys first? Sure. But uh, I, I mentioned that I had done the on the corner podcast with Nick the other day. And uh, yes. the whole idea behind that podcast was uh, we were analyzing a mock draft that we did uh, with 12 pitcher list staff members. And I you know, in, in retrospect, looking back at my draft, I noticed that like, oh man, I have, I have no strikeouts because I drafted guys like Quantrill, Eric Lauer late in drafts. I got Strowman as like my number three starter. Like I, then looking back, I'm like, wow, I am so strikeout deficient. And it kind of made me think that this year in drafts, I'm like, people are going to need to like put a premium on strikeouts if they want to end up with it because they're just not as plentiful as they used to be in like the mid late rounds. Yeah. hundred percent true. It's been, I, it was one thing that I struggled with in my auto new leagues this year is I really undervalued how badly I needed strikeouts on my roster. And it was something that I regretted quite a bit. So I'm going to be probably reaching a lot this year. Um, yeah, yeah. Five tool Let's, players. We're, 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 well, no, yeah, we're already talking right. about K guys. Sure. Let's talk about K okay. guys. We'll get to the five tool players at the end. Okay. So, we're trying to find like a bargain bin Chris Sale yes. here, who's going 45th overall. Chris Sale had a 28.4% K rate, um, which is pretty dang league good, average, obviously. The average um, is 23.2. Yeah. So we're talking like five plus percent above average is kind of what we're sort of what we're aiming for, or just above average period is usually going to be good. Um, so one of the first people that we saw that we thought about was Justin Verlander. Because he's going to be back and healthy this year. Schwebzy made a really good point because I was like pretty iffy about putting Verlander on here. And then Schwebzy reminded me, oh yeah, the Astros paid him $50 million over two years to bring him back after some bullpens. Yeah, if like, so there if has to be that confident. a pretty high level of, if there's that high level of a 
of confidence when it comes to someone who hasn't pitched in like almost two years at this point. Right? I, 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 if anybody has knowledge of Verlander's medicals, it's the Astros. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I mean, I feel pretty okay taking Verlander that late. He could, he's, he's a guy that's going to probably, well, not probably, I'm not going to say that with certainty, but has the potential to just like provide third or earlier round value at pick 138 if he pitches for the entire year and is healthy. So it's, yeah, I mean, that seems like a pr- pretty big no-brainer. Yeah. Um, another one that we have on here. Yeah, oh, sorry, I mean, ahead. Verlander is a little different from the other guys that we're talking about because the other guys that we're talking about are like, we know they're going to strike guys out, but Verlander could be an ace, ace, like all cast yes, ace. 100%. Yeah. I'm excited to see him come back and pitch. I really want to see how good he still yeah. is. So after that long of a hiatus. Yeah. So we mentioned that league average strikeout rate is 23.2%. So we're looking for guys who are, you know, significantly above that. Now, a couple of these guys are conveniently enough major uh in, in the deep targets, you know, for uh, <laughs> who would have thought that I'd take another chance to talk about Aaron Ashby and Tanner Houck. The the only Not the me. only two the only article that you've ever written for Pitcherlist for, it was about Tanner Houck, and uh, it was about Tanner know, spoil, Houck. Spoilers, uh, I know there's another one percolating uh, for this other guy. For one, Aaron yeah. Ashby. Can't wait! Can't wait yeah, till that, that will hits. be going out. That will be going out at some point soon. I hope. Fingers crossed. We'll find out. Um, but uh, yeah, talk about Tanner Houck. He had a thirty percent strikeout rate this past year. Pretty good. Like. That seems all right. The only thing that was just so infuriating, I know there's like this idea like that pitchers have really like reduced uh, return on investment the third time through a lineup. And it feels like they always took Hauk out like after like four and a third innings or like didn't he wouldn't quite get to five. And it was so infuriating that he wouldn't get those wins. But if you're just like looking for straight up strikeout upside. He's one of the best. The slider remains the one of the best sliders in the league. It's just he he's disgusting. And then the I mean that plus the sinker, he seems to be getting a slightly better feel for the change up to or the splitter, or the split change that he has now too. So like that helps out a ton. Uh, just adding weapons to the arsenal. Um, I still would like to see him elevate his fastball a little bit better. But overall, like Hauk's fantastic if you need strikeouts at pick 190 if, if i was so. the red sox or brewers i would simply trade for the other guy and just that would be one of my starters it would be the this colossus of uh tan aaron Hauksby, and they would they oh would just gosh. combine to throw nine innings and strike out 18 guys this machamp looking <laughs> amalgamation that was built in a lab to throw strikeouts yeah <laughs> just a, bi- a big old beefy just boy with, with Ashby's glasses and Hauk's beard. I, I want this to happen now, but just a, just a Dr. Frankenstein of pitching Frankenstein or Fra- a, a Frankenstein monster, Frankenstein's monster of pitching. Uh, Sorry, not Dr. Frankenstein. So Anyways, th- those uh, are kind of like the, the, the golden boys of late round strikeout rates. But uh, there, there are a yeah. few more that are really notable. Even someone who actually exceeds Ashby in strikeout rate, uh, like Joe Ryan, actually hit thirty percent for a strikeout rate in his yeah. limited Joe innings. Ryan, Joe Ryan has the most interesting fastball of the entire rookie class. Yes, I think. like 
to to have like it just moves so uniquely it's got such efficient spin on it he only throws like 91 right but he is able to like locate it so well there's i mean just there are there are quite a few interesting pitchers here like how how is like the mirror image of chris sale joe ryan you know throws like 91 92 we're going to talk about tristan mckenzie who is another not i mean he's a soft tosser by modern standards uh yeah like True. So Ryan actually cracks that 30% mark for a strikeout rate. Really interesting. Should have every opportunity to have a rotation spot locked down in Minnesota, given that that team is starved for pitching right now. But probably my favorite of, of this, this group, this non Halkin Ashby group. But uh, also, Tristan McKenzie hit a 27.3% strikeout rate. Tariq Skubal had a 26.2% and again, is going to have every opportunity to succeed in that Detroit rotation. Then we've got uh, Waskar Inoa, who has, as we've talked about on In the Deep before, has maybe the filthiest slider in baseball. It's up there. He's basically a two-pitch pitcher, and it almost doesn't matter. Well, listen, well, <laughs> yeah, listen. Yeah. He's, he's, he, he's no Tanner Houck, and he's no Aaron Ashby. Let's... Let's take it. Let's take it easy here. Well, the wild. It, it is a very good. It is a very good. Pitch, the, though. It's the fun thing good. about Enoa is that he's basically a two pitch pitcher and blew yep. away batters in his first major league run last year. Uh, and then he punched the bench, broke his hand and uh, wasn't quite the same. But, you know, I, I'm willing to take a chance on him at, you know, 225 where he's being drafted. That's almost what is, that's like round 18. We'll take that. And yes. then uh, Patrick Sandoval, who, or I think he tied the record for most whiffs in a start last year. And uh, you you might be aware, uh, I, you know, I'm no sabermetrician, but lots of whiffs means lots of strikeouts. So uh, he's a little bit lower than these other guys as far as season long strikeout rate at 26.1%. But he's got two incredible breakers like I don't know. I don't know if the Angels just like guys like this, where like they have mediocre fastballs but really great breakers. But like Dylan Bundy, um, Patrick Sandoval, and Reed Detmers all kind of fit this profile. But I mean, Sandoval, absolutely. If he locates his fastball well, he could be a strikeout terror. So he's going to be a popular sleeper this year. I would. I would almost bet anything on that he's right around that 225 adp also with uh enoa yeah that man has his own shirt dedicated he to the pitcherless store so like we know that he has upside at the very least um but yeah i mean there's a lot of really good names down at the back end here there and that's the thing too is i feel like we're kind of spoiled rotten because we're surrounded by people who are always it feels hyper aware of a lot of like late round pitching value so it kind of forces us to like especially in our mock drafts and things like that, like we have to make sure that we're really, really well prepared. So it's like it's just like a, the rising tide raises all ships sort mm-hmm. of thing, which is really nice. So we're lucky to be surrounded you, by sharp people. We had, we had a pitcher list meetup in Boston this year where a few of us drove up to Fenway, yes. Fenway Pack, and you, you got to see we got we got to Chris see Sale. Chris Sale, yes. And uh, afterwards, we all went to a a little bar near Fenway. Where it got got some got some munchies after the game, and you know what we were doing while just hanging out after the game at in a bar, someone had Aaron Ashby highlights up on their phone, 
and Nick Pollock <laughs> was admiring Aaron Ashby while we were all hanging out. So yeah, he knows he he, he knows is, good pitching. He, he sure does. And guess, oh gosh, I I uh, I love that boy. Are, are you talking about Nick or, or Ashby? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Up to you. Up to you. Uh, but yeah. Uh, all right. So, gosh, we're already 55 minutes into this. Let's talk about some. Perfect. We're 55 minutes in. Let's talk about some five tool yeah, players. We'll, we'll make this quick because, as, as mentioned earlier, late in the draft, five tool guys are hard to come by. Like, no, literally, when, when I was talking about wanting to do this category, I had to change my criteria like several times just because I realized how, how yep. rare what I was looking for was. Like, I, I use Kyle Tucker as my, uh, you know, a tier guy who we were looking for the uh, Archer Farms version of, or the the uh, oh uh, there there's a there's a Shoprite version too. It's like it's like uh, bowl and basket, the bowl and basket version of Kyle Tucker. Oh my god! Uh, we some guys that we we saw were like Robbie Grossman who went twenty twenty last year. Uh, Akil Badu was a, was around. Uh, I think it was like thirteen home runs, eighteen stolen bases. I don't think he quite meets the power that I want out of you know a quote a five tool uh, producer. But Austin Hayes around two hundred five in Camden Yards with a full time role. He wind up, he might wind up going like <laughs> I, I think Austin Hayes could be like a top hundred pick if he gets like a full time role for a full year. Dang, I'm writing. I'm writing that down. He, he's had like he's had two. Austin Hayes. <laughs> he's had two stretches now where he was like out of his mind. 100. Like, I, is he just a second half guy, or you know, can he put this together for a full year? But uh, uh the Shrubsy, would you like to make a board bet that won't hit until 2023? <laughs> we we will have a board bet episode, but yet yeah, absolutely write that down, and I I might have a hot take about Austin Hayes. Future, future Cedric right, Mullins, perfect. Austin Hayes, um, <laughs> buddy. Actually, you know this is being recorded, right? A common theme with all of these guys is that the speed is lacking because of what we mentioned earlier. True, it's just speed is rare. Speed is is pricey. So all of these guys, you're going to see like. No, I, I really doubt any of these guys crack 20 stolen bases next year. Like Robbie Grossman's 20 this year is probably going to be the exception rather than the rule for him. So uh, Austin Bader, Austin Bader, Harrison Bader is another one that I really like. And I know I've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. I He was pacing for a 20 home run, 50, uh, 12 to 15 stolen base year this year. I see no reason that yes. he can't do it next year if he can maintain his strikeout gains or, or, or losses. Whatever. He struck out less. And then we've got yes. Lane Thomas. Again, talked about him a bunch in September last year, this past year. Ever since he took over the leadoff spot in Washington, played like gangbusters. Another guy who could go 2010 with a bunch of runs. His His counting stats are going to depend on his lineup spot because the uh washington nationals lineup is very top heavy so you know probably not a lot of rbi opportunities out of the leadoff spot there but hitting in front of juan soto means he could score all the runs every last one of them yes yeah uh five five tool production is tough but you know if you if you hit on it it's so valuable like just look at tyler o'neill this past year 
like he went from an afterthought in draft season to, you know, now we're looking at him in the first, like what, three rounds, four rounds. Incredibly early in drafts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Cedric Mullins too. He was one that I hit on in a few different leagues and I was very excited. I I have zero shares. Must be nice. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) It's so nice. Uh, I can't even really take credit for one of them. Oh no. Wait, I can't remember. Hmm. Now I'm having trouble remembering because one of them was a team on Autonew that I took over last year, and I can't remember if he was already on the team or if I got him in the auction. I, I uh, just all the apologies for not b- trusting Justin Mason and, and having zero shares of Cedric Mullins. I'm so sorry, yeah, Justin. Yeah, yeah, so it goes. Uh, all right. Uh, okay, Shrubsy, we're at an hour. All right. I think we're going to skip over the... La- the second to last question we have here and just go to the fun question at the end and then we'll cover uh, yeah, like uh, the I, other yeah. question in our next episode sure. cool all right sounds good all right so our last one we're going to finish on a very light note here also from bing bong dinger aka zaddy guerrero jr on fantastic Twitter. names all around very often players uh will celebrate towards their dugout when they are standing on second after a double what's standing on second base after a double celebration would you like to see happen all right i i have two I, I have two. I, I okay, have let's a go. positive and a negative one here. Like one, one is a one is a a <laughs> one is oh, a celebration okay. that you would do towards your own dugout, and the other is is a troll towards the other dugout, the the enemy dugout. So, uh, at, for a celebration, I think it, I think you should just blow a kiss towards your your teammates because I I don't think there's nearly enough affection in baseball, and there should be more and more hugging and kissing in general. I'm all for more kissing in baseball. Like, personally, that is that. That's just me. Just you know, you know, just just blow a kiss towards your dugout. And as as for if if you are you are trying to uh, draw the ire of your opponents uh, after you have just you know slammed a double off the wall and you're you're pulling up to second and with a standing double, you uh, just pantomime uh, cupping cupping a fart into your hand and then blowing it towards the opposing oh my dugout. Gosh. Oh, Schwebzy. I really hope Nick doesn't listen to this whole episode. <laughs> I know that Adam's going to. Sorry, Adam. Uh, but Look, if that doesn't oh, start man, a fight, then, this one. like, I don't know what will. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Uh, I'd say that I was going to go so much more tame for mine. I was going to say I want to get like... I want to get like those miniature party poppers that are filled with confetti. Ooh. that you get for like birthday parties. And I want to shove a couple of those in my pocket so that every time I reach second on a double, I can just like pop a couple of those off. I'll hand one to the shortstop and, and or second baseman, whoever is standing closer to second after I call time that's like, and ask them to do it with that's me. That's the complete spiritual um, opposite of Tim Raines having crack in his back pocket. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> basically I would say... Okay, I'm trying to see now. I thought that was like a quote unquote good one or like just a ni- nice fun like that, one. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm trying to think of one that's bad, but just I don't a- want apologies to. to the grounds crew for having to clean up after your, your tiny streamers. Oh, no, I would grab them and put them in my back in my pocket. Oh, yeah. Pick them all. Yeah. No, right that's, away. That you, you are. Yeah. I would make sure I, w- I would make sure it's like not like the confetti is in like little like uh like little pieces of like glitter or whatever i would make sure that it's like the ribbons that are easy to scoop up so i can shove them back so if, if you want something in the same vein you could you could uh give the middle infielder like a like one of those 
cans of nuts, but it actually has a snake in it. Actually, no, what I'm actually, I figured out what I'm going to do for my, for, for mine. I'm going to take, and I am going to, while I am at the plate, um, I'm going to make sure that I have like a sax strapped across my back. Like, like, like a saxophone. A, 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 okay, a saxophone. Okay. Correct. I'm going to have a sax strapped like a, a, a across sax my back. What? And then I'm. <laughs> so I'm going to hit my double. I'm going to get a second base. And then I'm just going to like blast careless whisper for seven minutes while in second base. That's all I want to do while getting an assist from the stadium organist. That would be perfect. I, there, that would be completely that would be one of the better things to have ever happened on a baseball diamond. But yes, anyways. <laughs> okay. I think, that's, I think that's all the time we have for this week's episode. I don't ever want to uh, pot again. You don't, you don't want to pot again? You want to end it on that one? You think we've peeped? <laughs> I don't ever want to part again. Is in the deep boys got no rhythm. Oh, God, can we make that our new outro? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> we're, we're, what's, we're, I've forgotten all the stuff that I usually say at the end of the episode, so I'm just going to say I'm, it. Right after after, after we're done recording, I'm going to get right in the studio and start recording Careless Whisper, Schwebzy's version. Oh no. I've forgotten literally everything I'm supposed to say before the end of the episode, so all I'm going to say is thank you for joining us once again for another episode of In the Deep. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Schwebzy, send them out. Bye, friends. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da